0: a social entrepreneur who is passionate about social impact and sustainability. Over the course of the last year, we've all spent more time in social media than I think many of us would like to admit. We've used it to connect with one another and replace a lot of personal interactions that we were having before in person. We've been living a Zoom lifestyle, with happy hours remote from our friends, and we've begun exploring new ways to connect. That's what we're going to talk about today, a budding enterprise that is helping shift the dynamics of how women connect with one another to network, seek advice, grow their tribes, and build the future they want to. So to talk about that today, I'm joined by Rebecca Bastian. Rebecca is a Renaissance woman of sorts who is an entrepreneur, a writer, an artist, a tech executive, mentor, wife, mother, and even an aerial acrobat. She is the CEO and co-founder of Own Trail, and previously served as the vice president of product, community, and culture at Zillow. Rebecca is the author of Blaze Your Own Trail. She's a contributor to Forbes and is a frequent speaker on social impact, career navigation, and corporate diversity. In short, she's just the kind of person that we want to get to know. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks so much for having me. Now, before we talk about your company and your book, I want to hear about your activism path. Ultimately, I like to better understand what really got you started in trying to have a stronger social impact.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question. It depends on how you define social impact, but from the standpoint of what we're doing with Trail in terms of really creating systems to support an intersectional array of women in the workplace and in their lives, that's something that I think has has really blossomed for me as I've moved further into leadership and mentorship roles in my own journey. And just hearing about the different experiences that women have that tend to be very common and universal. I think there's a lot of systems at play that can impact our lives, everything from not seeing people who look like us in the places that we aspire to, and then how that can then impact how decisions are made about our lives and what belief systems are held about us. And then there's the impact or effects that that has in terms of how we might feel like we're not enough, we're not getting it right, that we're supposed to be following some, some perfect path that we're not on. I think those observations and just hearing countless stories from women that have experienced the impacts of some of those systemic issues is really what led me to do work when I was at Zillow from moving from product leadership into community and culture, which was an organization that I started there. And then what's really driven me to write my book and to start own trail as well along the way, and that's why I said, depends on how you define social impact. But, you know, I've also been really passionate about just how technology and products can be leveraged to create social good and, and solve social issues. And, you know, when I was at Zillow, I, I really channeled a lot of that into the, the housing and homelessness space because that was so relevant to our core competency there. Now that I'm at Trail, we, we really are, are lucky enough to be Building a tech platform and a product that is centered on that mission centrally as it relates to supporting women through their lives. So it's exciting to think about the leverage that technology plus impact can make. Well, I have to say, I've spent a
0: bit of time playing in your platform myself. And as a mom of two who's had a couple of bumps along the road, you know, just that life will throw at you. I found that building my own trail on the site got me to think about what I'm doing or where I've been and the things I've accomplished a little bit differently. And so I was actually more willing to share some things that I might otherwise not, like I wouldn't put on LinkedIn or on my resume per se. For example, I had a very close friend who was killed in a random attack that was in the middle of this relatively new job. I made the choice to leave it because I just needed to be in my community. I needed for my mental health and mental space to be home. I found it liberating, to be frank, to be able to put that down on paper in a way or in the digital paper space to just kind of acknowledge that this was something that happened in my life that I had to work through that I think, if anything, actually makes me a more rich individual and shouldn't take away from my career trajectory just because after seven months of being at a company, I needed
1: a break. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I, I completely agree. Like experiences like that make you stronger. They make you oftentimes more empathetic um or compassionate. And there's just there's you know, it gives you a new appreciation on on life in a lot of ways too. And I think that one of the things that we kind of discussed early on as we were building own trail is do we assign value judgments to these experiences, you know, because that is obviously Probably one of the worst things that's happened in your life, and so it's it's really negative. But then there's also positive effects that have come from that in terms of who you are and your your strength and your understanding of of life as well. You know, we decided no, we shouldn't have value judgments because things can be two truths at the same time, or those values can change over time as well. I really appreciate that you shared that, and I think hopefully that came from you know a lot of the hypotheses we've had around how we build own trail in order to create a, a safe place for authenticity and how that differs from a lot of the kind of winner take all dynamics that are commonplace on on most social media platforms
0: well and visually when you look at your own trail it's not like there's a linear path right when you log on to the site You add these different experiences you've had through your life, both personal and professional, and it shows this kind of winding, circuitous path, which is more like how actual life happens, right? We don't walk in a straight line from birth to death. (laughs) Like there's all sorts of things that happen in between. So I just think, even from a visual perspective, it's very interesting. I'd like to know a little bit more about what drives the company and and what your vision is of Own Trail, how it can serve the community and help women.
1: Yes, we have we have a pretty big vision. You know, it's we are creating this peer to peer support system to help women support each other in our journeys, and that support starts with the inspiration that comes from sharing our trails, really owning our own narratives, and seeing the trails of other women and being able to to see the ones that maybe match your same identities or experiences. Really, is a way of seeing people that you identify with, both in the situations that you might be going through right now and the ones that you aspire to, and then building out the ways that women can be deeply connecting with each other and supporting each other. We have a peer cohort program called Trail Guides, where women who really want to take that connection and working towards their aspirations to the next level can join together in groups of six to eight women that are are curated based on really meaningful differences and some shared goals and values as well. That's a fantastic way so far that we're seeing for, for women to really move from inspiration into action as they support each other. But then we have this really big vision also about changing the very systems that may have held us back. Part of that is in, you know, moving or shattering the glass ceilings that that women might be experiencing through the empowerment and support that they're that they're providing to themselves and each other on the platform. But then also we're collecting this incredible data set of You know, understanding what women experience in their lives and looking at that from a really intersectional standpoint of the different identities that we hold. We can fill in gaps in data that have been there for a long time and that really impact the way decisions are made or the beliefs that are held. When I was working on my book, Blaze Your Own Trail, I weave a lot of data into that story. And so I experienced firsthand how much data is missing or is you know, not even statistically significant or is biased or you know there's, there's just huge gaps there. And so we're really excited that by creating this really impactful platform of story sharing, that we can also provide that data and aggregate to change the very systems that impact us.
0: Well, I think that's an important point and something I've been thinking about a bit over the years too, um, which is the gender pay gap. I think often the excuses that women choose jobs that are paid less in general, like there are fewer women on an executive track, as a for example. And a lot of that has changed over the years. We have countries like Norway, where 50% of CEOs' seats are occupied by women. And yet in the American sphere, that's, let's just say, far less, far fewer women, far lower percentage in those positions of power. I think largely because of the fact that we have set up a system with a lot of excuses. For example, oh, well, it's because during her childbearing years she spent less time working, therefore she wasn't climbing the ladder. I've heard all of these arguments from people that I know and respect in my life that honestly feel a little bit like they're mansplaining to me in some cases, and I really don't like that word, but it fits here. So <laughs> I just wonder if you could comment on that and, ha- and if you think that trail could be part of the solution for um, that from a data perspective, like gathering what really makes this compensation pathway so different when women are earning at best 80 cents on the dollar to men, generally speaking.
1: It's so complex. There's both the data around what women experience in their careers, and you know, there's a significant number of trails that share having issues at work, and those are oftentimes being treated poorly, or even you know, harassed in the workplace, or being being overlooked for opportunities and and promotions, right? And so those those are really commonplace. There's obviously the the bigger kind of societal issues that may lead women to certain careers that have different pay ranges. And then of course, we've seen very clearly, this past year, what has been true for a long time, which is the, the penalty that mothers experience in the workplace and how they're the first to go when things get rough, like the pandemic we've ex- been experiencing here. And mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the stats we've seen this year are really sobering. And so the, the data is one piece of it, is just really understanding what's happening there, what women are experiencing, and everything from, you know, milestones about self-doubt and, and imposter syndrome which, you know, I think is is less of a syndrome and more of a systemic issue, you know, everything to kind of the experiences that we have really tangibly in the workplace. Being able to highlight that data is one thing, but then also, you know, creating that support system for women to really revisit, well, what is it that I really want, right? Because that's that's kind of the first question is that sometimes we think we're supposed to be on a certain path or we're supposed to be in a certain place in our lives. It's not really serving us. And there's so many familial and societal and other forces that kind of lead us in directions that, that aren't the best for us oftentimes. So really understanding what we want, but then also having the, the confidence and the, the bravery to go after those things that we really want. And that's something that a strong support system and a framework for moving from that inspiration into action can really help drive. And so that's, that's we're trying to kind of tackle it from, from both ends of the problem there.
0: So it sounds like you're creating a platform that also cheerleads women.
1: They're cheerleading each other. You know the the connections being made, particularly in the Trail Guides cohorts. But also, you know we've been rolling out more features recently, just on the free platform as well for connecting and having conversations and sending messages. It's amazing the power that comes from women supporting each other and from you know both the solidarity of our shared experiences, but then the inspiration from seeing all the different paths that other women have taken to get where they are.
0: Yeah. So I would like you to dig a little bit deeper for me and talk about these cohorts and how they're run. Like one of the questions that came up for me is, um, is there a particular person that's nominated as a leader that's running that cohort? Is that even an employee of Own Trail, or is it just another person from within the community? It'd just be helpful to, I think, understand what that looks like.
1: We just launched this at the end of last year. And so we have five cohorts that are currently running. Right now, we are facilitating them ourselves. My co-founder, Katie, and I are doing the facilitation. We came up with the, the framework and the activities with the help of uh, a woman, Cheyenne Chen, who has done a lot of great career coaching frameworks and um, kind of digging into the neuroscience behind a, a lot of coaching. And so she helped us create both individual activities that that women reflect on and do themselves and then group activities for bringing those reflections back together with, with other members. We're facilitating them now, but we're actually exploring kind of what this looks like as we scale it, because what we're realizing is that the most impactful pieces of the program are the activities and conversations Mm -hmm. that are happening and the connections being made. And so we're looking at having more of a peer guided kind of model um, and even self guided options going forward.
0: It sounds almost like some of my MBA courses. <laughs> so you know, you do activities, you come together, you discuss projects and things like that too. So
1: that makes I think perfect there's a lot sense. of power in the fluctuating between individual reflection and activities, and then the the group sessions as well. And being able to switch back and forth between those can lead to some really interesting ideas and experiences. So I had an experience
0: just yesterday. Since launching the podcast, I've had a variety of people reaching out to me who are interested in social impact in some way, right? And this one woman just um, sent me a note on LinkedIn. She said to me, you know, I'm struggling finding my path. I feel like what you're doing is what I want to be doing, but I don't know how to approach working in this space. I'd really love for you to take some time with me and perhaps we can discuss it through. And it just seemed so of the moment and so perfect for this conversation today because I think that often it's really intimidating to reach out to somebody in a space that comes from a position of power or experience where you feel like, well, heck, um, they, they're just going to say no or I'm never going to hear back. The reality is it never hurts to ask. And it just reinforced for me the need for something like Own Trail out there to help empower women to be a part of that, to understand that this is a platform that is essentially built to enable you to build your own track and reach out to other women who might have had similar experiences or who are living the life from the outside of what you'd like to do or we doing professionally what you'd like to do.
1: That exact scenario was a, a big part of what drove us to build own trail. And that's great that she reached out to you and that you're open to sharing your experiences with her. The truth is that your path to where you are right now is one of, you know, an infinite number of paths probably, or at least a really large number of paths right. to, get to where you are. Right. And so her learning about your story, yes, is valuable But also she should be seeing a lot of different trails that lead there in order to really both realize that there's no one right path there but and to blaze her own. And, you know, you can say yes to every coffee chat or question like that. But what you end up doing is kind of telling those same stories and life lessons over and over again. And so that in itself isn't as scalable, right? And so the idea with Own Trail is that you can put your trail out there. She can see that. She can learn about your overall journey. And then when you two do talk, she'll have really specific questions about that instead of spending the time with just the kind of overview of your path or yeah. if she asks you those questions on own trail, then your answer might be able to, um, reach countless other women that had a similar question or that, that would have been wondering that, you know.
0: So are the questions and answers then on trails or those public, or do you set the settings for those?
1: The conversations on trails are viewable by everyone that is logged into own trail And then we also have private messaging now. So if there's something that, you know, really more personal that she wanted to ask you about your trail and kind of take it out of the public view, then then you could do that as well.
0: Cool. So I know you're in beta right now, but you're really getting ready for this next leap in growth with new investors on hand. And so I would love to hear a little bit about how you've measured success as you get to this point. And how you foresee the next couple of years playing out, how you'll measure success as you continue forward.
1: Yeah. And we actually just had our one year birthday. So maybe we should, it might be time to take beta off soon. <laughs> but, you know, it's like when you have a huge vision and you're working at, on pieces of it at a time, it's like, wait, it's not the full thing yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the vision really is scaling out. We've been growing fully organically, which has been really powerful because everyone that, that ends up on own trail is really excited about the vision and what we're building and really into this authentic sharing that, that we're curating here. And we're, we're really excited to grow out what is essentially this content-based network and turning it into almost kind of a neural network of life paths that is really the foundation of the connections being made and the support being generated by all of the women in our community. And so, um, you know, moving more into the, the kind of data science piece of it as we understand how all these trails relate to each other and how our experiences, you know, what are going to be the most relevant or inspiring or kind of solidarity giving trails or experiences to your own and how do we connect people in in really meaningful ways where it's not trying to rack up the most likes or followers, but it's really about connecting over those shared experiences in a really authentic way. As we grow over the next several years, we're, it's it's really with that as our North Star, is rowing the stories, deepening the connections, and then really moving into action as women navigate their, their journeys together.
0: Yeah. So one of the things I noticed in navigating my own trail, for example, is that there isn't like a space for dates. And I at first was like, well, why would you leave dates out entirely? Because there's no endemic space to say, oh, I was at this particular job from this time to this time. So I I realized in even thinking that through that it was probably intentional. So I wanted to get your viewpoint on how you've architected the type of information you encourage to be shared on the platform and why you might leave information like that out.
1: So the dates one, um, we actually went pretty deep on this discussion. The reason that we were leaning towards no dates but at the end of it is that a lot of times we don't remember specific dates and remember <laughs> things more in chronological order is, you know, just less of a mental barrier to get the milestones out onto the trail. It's a level of information that's not necessarily as helpful in understanding someone's journey, but can disclose more kind of like age and timeline stuff that, that people don't necessarily want to. But at the end of the day, it was actually not a completely clear decision to us. So we did what we do a lot of the time, which is we've been really intentional from the beginning, about building out this community and this movement with the women that are part of it and not for them. You know, we see it as really a community effort. So we have a lot of channels in place to ask questions and get feedback and discuss questions just like that. And so we put it out to our community and there's a pretty resounding answer. Yeah, we like it without dates. <laughs> and so that, that was kind of the deciding factor there.
0: Well, I like that. I also think that led me to be more open to share a job that I otherwise might have left off my resume as a, for example, right? Like, well, I was here and then this big thing happened and I needed a break. I I think that's really kind of lovely. I also, as a 40 plus woman, look at my you know, history of employment. And I start to consider, do I need to include the year I graduated from my undergrad school? Do I need to include more than the last 10 years of work experience? I don't want to seem like an old hag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's so funny too, because it's like some some more recent, say, career milestones might feel less impactful to you. Whereas like, you know, I was bartending in a dive bar when I met my husband and I put that on my trail and that was 20 years ago. But that was a very meaningful,
0: very momentous
1: job for that reason. And just because of like the experience of bartending in undergrad, you know, (laughs) And so that one made it on. And so it doesn't have to be like, and I think that's, that's kind of the, the mental space that we're in when we're creating a resume, oftentimes, is like, well, you put more more effort or more highlighting into the most recent things, and um, that's not always, you know, when you're looking at the trail of what's what's brought you to where you are. That's not always the rubric for it.
0: See, now I need to go back and update it and add my archaeology digs and stuff like that to it. <laughs> No, it's you know the stuff I did in undergrad—the the idealistic path of as a child wanting to essentially be Indiana Jones and then pursuing it from an educational perspective, and realizing I wasn't independently wealthy. Who's going to pay for my PhD? This isn't something that gets a lot of funding.
1: <laughs> uh, well, and I think that one of the things that can be so inspiring to others also is to say, like, to be able to see the this is where I thought I was headed and this is where I ended up, and they were totally not in line with each other and I'm so glad it turned out this way or, you know, or I'm not or whatever it is, but I learned from it. But I think that when you look at kind of initial aspirations and then where they went and seeing the non-linearity there can be really powerful.
0: Well, it just reminds me too of when I was um, having to make an argument to my parents for the degree path they wanted to pursue. At that time, I wanted to be an English lit major and just go pursue um, academic studies and literature. And my dad was pushing hard for something a little bit more practical. He's like, what about biotech? You love biology. And I'm like, but I hate math. (laughs) So the compromise was anthropology, which led to archaeology, which is, you know, really kind of bridging towards the sciences because I studied forensics and physical anthropology and all that. But then what do I do when I graduate? I went into sales. I've led multinational sales teams. I was able to pay off my college debt, the thing that he was most concerned about, by being in a completely different work environment. That ended up being my reality, right? So it's, I think, so true that there is just no path is exactly linear. And the people who pursue life that way, perhaps they're telling that story on LinkedIn, perhaps they're telling that story on own trail, but. I'm betting that there is a piece that isn't being told.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, a piece that you wish was there too. I mean, it's definitely, it's possible to follow a mostly linear path, but oftentimes it's because we're not staying open to the other possibilities that, that might've been more fulfilling. So yeah. yeah.
0: If I'm to take the 30,000 foot view with you, um, in your ideal world, what is the impact that own trail would have?
1: Yeah, I want I want Own Trail to be the place where women go to get the support they need across their personal and professional lives. And I want the systems that led us to start Own Trail to begin with, you know, the the inequities in in the workplace or in the home, or um, you know, particularly looking at at the different identities that women hold. I want those to become more moot over time because of the impact that we're making with Own Trail. Um, but the support will always be needed and relevant and just really growing into that. That's really
0: beautiful. So how are you now, as you get this lifting off the ground floor, integrating some of that earlier work and diversity and inclusion and, and just ensuring that that path stays constant with the company?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to be really intentional about creating intersectional spaces, especially when it's, you know, kind of a a space for women. Because what oftentimes happens when you're not intentional about that, and it's, um, you know, if, if there's white, able bodied, heterosexual, cis women, especially working on a company, then it can end up being a very narrow range of women that it's serving. So we've been, been really intentional from the beginning about how we hold space for different identities and use those to really enhance the platform in terms of that kind of seeing people who look like you goal that we have. And, you know, in the way the partnerships that we create and the outreach we do in terms of the women that we're reaching. And so we're really happy that we have, you know, essentially more diverse women on own trail than the U S population overall right now. So it's about 50% women of color and about 15% LGBTQIA identifying from 44 States and 27 countries right now um, for the trails that have been published and then you know we just raised around and our cap table is is equally diverse. And you know, we're we're focused on on building out a diverse team. So it's it all takes intentionality, but then it's also all very doable when you are intentional, you know. So and especially when, when you're applying that lens from the very beginning, because obviously when larger companies or larger platforms suddenly say, Oh, we need to start caring about representation, then it's it's a harder <laughs> thing to undo. But you know, when when you're focused on it from day one,
0: I mean they'll rewrite it to just say, oh, it's one of our core values and yet nothing has changed. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I hear that. Being a platform for diversity and inclusion, I understand it's really geared at women now, but do you foresee a day when it would be for everyone, for all sexes and genders?
1: It's an interesting question. It comes up pretty regularly. (laughs) I think that having a centered space for identities that have particular experiences or that are less represented in environments that they're in is really powerful. Um, And so we are focused on women and, you know, all intersectionalities of women to begin with. I think we'd probably, you know, if we expanded to all genders, we'd probably still be centering different identities that needed that centered space. I don't know. And I mean, we definitely hear from a lot of men that they're interested in it as well. Cause I don't think that non-linearity in our pathing is gender specific. And mm-hmm. certainly the desire for more authenticity is not gender specific, but there are experiences that are unique to people who identify as women and having that kind of safe centered space, I think leads to more authenticity as we're seeing. And of course, being 50% of the population means it's not a a super niche audience either. No, of course not. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's also the website and the platform is own trail that seems gender neutral. Um, Yet, I mean, I totally get and 100% agree that we as women need a space to be able to feel completely safe and like there isn't some of the judgment that often can come from the outside of, oh, well, what you experienced wasn't sexual harassment or it wasn't this. And really, you need a safe space, I think, to, to feel like you can be very open
1: yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's the name, the branding, all of it. Like we're very intentionally not being the like pink-washed girl boss kind of a vibe either. <laughs> you know? It's like that that obviously is is for a small sub- subset of women. So we've been intentional about that as well.
0: Well, I would love to invite you to say a few words before we wrap this up if there's anything in particular that you just want our listeners to come away with, to resonate with, to remember as this kind of core as they carry on with their days.
1: You've got this, you know, there, there, there is no one right path and you're not alone in in the experiences that you might be going through right now. And we're, we're stronger together. And I would definitely love for your listeners, um, all the listeners that identify as women to share their trails on owntrail.com and for everybody to, you know, reach out to the women that inspire you and encourage them to share their trails because there's there's just so much inspiration that comes from seeing those really authentic journeys.
0: Well, that's a lovely way to close. I um, have a few words I'd like to share and then I'd like to invite you to stick around for a little bit so we can connect. Now, listeners, today we invited you to forge your own trail and to actively pursue your best life. Part of that is taking action for things that you care about. As I've often said, it doesn't have to be huge. It could be as simple as building your own trail on owntrail.com and offering your support to another woman who wants a little encouragement or to hear from your experience. Really, it's just, just getting started. You could share this podcast with people in your community and who you think might be other do-getters that just need a little encouragement of their own. To find suggestions for actions you can take, you can visit caremorebebetter.com com. There, you'll find an action page where I've dedicated a section to causes and companies that are worthy. I invite you to join the conversation and be a part of this community. You can follow us on social spaces at CareMoreBeBetter or just send an email to hello at CareMoreBeBetter.com. Now, this podcast is not backed by any company. If you like what we're doing and can afford it, you can support the show by donating directly on our site or by subscribing as a patron on Patreon. Just visit caremorebebetter.com and click the donate button. Thank you listeners for being a part of this pod and this community because together we really can do so much more. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts and share with your friends to help us reach more people
1: and spread more social good.